All right, that's uh, a little audible just to start out here. First uh, Peter 2. Start out First Peter 2. First Peter 2. Again, if you're watching for the first time out there online, uh, we started a series here on Wednesday titled, I Don't Want to Grow Up. All right, so 1 Peter 2, let's see, audible's on my phone. All right, 1 Peter 2. Let's start uh, give me one second. I want to make that I might have the wrong scripture. It's not good. I was talking about growing up and I'm trying to get this so I can make sure. We're on the same page today. Hold on one second. Oh. Reason why I didn't understand the scriptures because I was in Second Peter. That would mess up what you're trying to do, right? All right, so we'll start at verse 1, even though we're going to lock in on verse 2 to 4, but we'll start at verse 1. Excuse me. It says, Wherefore, laying, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all speak uh, evil speaking. And the Bible, when it talks about this stuff, it's just, you know, it's saying it matter-of-factly. So it's assuming that you're doing this stuff, Right? It says, as newborn babes desire the sear milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So, so it said, lay aside all this other stuff as newborn babes, right? And then it goes on and says, if so, you lay aside all these things as newborn babes, newborn babes that desire milk. It says, if so be ye have tasted the Lord is gracious, right? It says, uh, to whom are coming, uh, I'm sorry, to whom uh, coming as unto living stones disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, right? It says, newborn babes desire uh, this sincere milk of the word. Let's go here to Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, uh, starting verse 1. It says, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection or maturity. It says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, Right? 
and of faith towards God, of doctrines of baptisms and of laying on of hands and resurrection of, day, of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. So, it's, so it says like, like getting past uh, some of the fundamental things, you know, repentance from dead works, you know, okay, there's a period of life where, you know, you go through uh, a level of repentance, right? Right, you know, because you, you're missing it. But it's saying we shouldn't be living every day. Every time we turn around, we got to repent for something. You know, we got to come to the altar every Sunday. It says, now, now, now there's a place for that uh, in our ignorance, but once we've been exposed to what God has exposed us to, we can't be living off of repentance over and over and over again. We should be growing beyond that, right? Now, now, now this chapter, uh, my heading, as we talk about in the morning, is need for maturity, right? That's my heading. Now, uh, this chapter begins after the previous chapter ends, right? So the previous chapter, uh, verse 14, uh, chapter Hebrews 5, 14, just a little audible from what um, we had planned to start with. It says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, right? And even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's start here. Um, at verse 11, it makes more sense. It says, of whom we, are, we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. It says, for when the time, for when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, unskillful in the word. May know the word, may talk about the word, may acknowledge the word, may give a shout out to the word, may come to church 25 times in a row, but unskillful in their application of the word. In their, right? It says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, and even those by reason of use, application, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, right? So now, now, now again, uh, from Hebrews 5.14 to Hebrews 6.2 or whatever, and then 1 Peter 2.4, these are like saying that we should be growing up, right? And just like even in our life, sometimes we're, um, if uh, we talked about, they asked you the question last week, if nobody shakes you, would you, would, would you change? Would you move? Uh, in some cases, would you get up? <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody is, nobody, you know, like when you were young, or some of y'all, you're young, you know, your parents come in the room, all right, get up. Then somebody got to like shake you or, you know, or, you know, something, do something to wake you up. Now, I'm a very interesting person. I told you I worked, worked in corrections. Now, in corrections, it's different. At home, you do got to get up because you got to go to school. Everybody got to get somewhere, right? So we really need you to get up. In corrections, if you don't get up, I get written up. 
Because like so so the, the youth had to be uh, at the cafeteria at a particular time. If they're not there on time, I'm written up because if they're not on time, if we're late, then we can we could run into somebody else's meal time. Not to mention we could run into another uh, group and it could end up being a fight, you know, if they were in different gangs, right? So that means you got to get up, right? So we turn the lights on. All right, time to get up. You finally got about a few seconds or so to get up, right? Now, now we knew certain people wasn't going to get up because they just got locked up. Locked up from what? Hanging out, getting high, sleeping to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, this is not 2 o'clock. This is 7 a.m., right? So get up. So I would come in. For some people, it had this shock and awe. So I, I flipped the mattress with them in it. You getting up now, right? Now, if you, you really trip, this probably happened once, I'll pour hot water on you. you yeah, hot. Not hot, not to, to burn nobody. <laughs> Come on, I'm not going to burn nobody, you know. I lose my job. But just enough to wake you up, right? Uh, now, you, you, you think hot's bad, suppose I pour cold, cold water or something. Right. But anyway, but, but why did I do this? Because you got to wake up. Now, what's happening in our time, in our season in 2024 is we've been sleeping too long, right? And there's a time to everything. There's a season of time for every purpose, right? There's a time that God wants to get stuff done in our life. Now, you know how we know God wants to do stuff and we go, yeah, I understand what God wants to do. And we slip right back into that default, right? So, like, you woke up. You know, Mr. Bradley said, hey, time to get up. You woke up. You recognized time to get up. You saw the lights was on and you what? You slipped right back in it, right? So now you, but we got to be somewhere on time, right? So now you got to be shook. You know, your mattress got to get turned over. Water got to be poured in your face, right? You got me so far, right? Because some of us are in this position where we go, that's for them. Right? Some of us are in a position, this position, we like, did you write that down? You wrote that down, right? All right, cool. So I got to make sure I had that information. Now, you, you wrote it down. You, you get at the house. You be like, now, now, you wrote that down, didn't you? <sighs> Mess me up. You know you're supposed to write that down. Your arms broke? somebody's, you're making sure somebody else has the information you need? You're going to make sure somebody else has the money you need? <laughs> okay, so stay with me, stay with me, okay? All right, so let's go to, Pastor Mel talked about this a little bit this morning, but let's go to Hebrews 11. All right, so this morning, we're going to Hebrews 11, and we're going to lock in on verse 6. So this morning, we walk through Judges, Okay? Uh, Judges chapter 6, so you know that's the story of Gideon, right? And so you know, oh, well, 7, I was about to slip to 7, but we'll talk about 7 tomorrow morning, right? But we at least talked about Gideon uh, doing sometimes what we do. Gideon saw some things that was not happening in God's kingdom. And, he, and so God shows up to say, hey, man of valor, I'm with you, Right? 
So Gideon didn't even focus on the designation that I'm a man of valor. Gideon focused on the complaint. What was bothering him? Well, I don't understand. What, 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 I heard all these stories. How come these things aren't happening? So God let Gideon finish. He was like, that's why you're here. Y'all still think I'm talking about Gideon? See, some of the things that we're, I don't understand why this is not happening, it's not happening. Suppose, you, suppose you're the person supposed to do it. Gideon was the person. He's looking for, God, I heard about Joshua and them and Moses and them and Caleb and them. Man, I'm sure God got somebody coming. And there was somebody coming. A friend called Mira. <laughs> Y'all know Mira? It's amazing. Mira looked like a lot of us. <laughs> Can't miss them. <laughs> right? And so Mira shows up and says, no, you the one. Now, he called him a man of valor. He didn't call him a man of righteousness. He didn't say he was a man of obedience. Saves a man of valor. Now, valor is a person that doesn't faint in their mind. Scripture tells us in the Hebrews, don't faint in your mind, right? A person of courage. That means once they lock in, you ain't intimidating them based on circumstances. So this is how God designed Gideon. Now, he's designed us particular ways too. Sometimes we've fallen off of our design. So now, now you could take that same not going to quit and courage and not use it for God and still have some levels of success in this earth realm, right? But you won't get to fulfillment and other people won't get fulfilled because of what you're doing. So God says, now it's time for me to use what I designed. Now, some of us have been using it for what we want to do or what the world tells us to do, right? But that's what immaturity does. So, so, Immaturity sometimes is smart, but uses the, 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 the smarts to get in trouble or to get over or to get away with doing things they're not supposed to do. Not knowing that those same smarts can have you constantly going to levels and levels. There's people your age graduating from college. But guess what? They don't even have your smarts. Your exact age, they've already graduated from college and they're not smarter than you. But they're using the smarts that they have to achieve great things. So you could win. I fooled them again. <laughs> Woo! Look at these adults running around here believing that what I just showed them. I'm lying. And it worked. So you could win and lose. Because if it's not being used for what God designed it for, you're just wasting it. On victories that get you nothing. But alienate other gifts that's supposed to, you're supposed to impact and supposed to impact your life. Right? Y'all think I'm talking about Zame? All right, okay. Stay with me. All right? You got that. So Hebrews, let's, 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 let's go in Hebrews. So we, so we talked about this morning, Gideon, right? 
And so we talked about him needing a sign. Now, now again, the highlight is, oh, you talking about me? Well, now let me confirm this before I move. Uh, my wife was sharing this when we was driving in. She was like, I know how to call in my life, but I ain't want to. I didn't want to move unless it was time to move and then the environment didn't look like if I moved, I would be able to move. Well, in Gideon, by now he knows when I lock in, I'm locked in. So you show I'm the one. So he got two signs. But as we talked about this morning, we, we don't live our life off of signs. We're in 2024, right? We ain't looking for a sign. <laughs> oh, that was Gideon. In the, we, we read... The first five chapters was what? It was a dark ages. There was no God movement. They probably needed a sign. Christ hadn't died, right? There wasn't all the things we actually have. They didn't have the Old and New Testament, right? You see that? All right, so let's go to Hebrews 11.6, right? Again, we're talking about growing up. And again, we're, we done showed up in God's house. We're growing in the kingdom. We should be growing in the kingdom, right? All right, so uh, verse 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe what? That he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, one, I can come to God and may, I might believe that he is. But I'm not going to be rewarded just because I believe that he is. He's going to be pleased that I believe him first, but he's going to watch my actions and see the diligence behind what I say I believe, and that's where the rewards come in. You see what I'm saying? The rewards don't come in if I don't do it. It says he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. So I can go, so today I can believe him. Tomorrow I can go back into being a child. In disbelief, right? My diligence is my corresponding actions to what I say I believe. My diligence is what? My corresponding actions to what I say I believe, right? Right? So, so and, and this is important as we mature, the mature Christian believes in God's vision and purpose. Believes in God's vision and purpose. So, again, God purposed us for something, and we start out as these young babes having to be under tutors and governors to the point in time of the father. And as, he, as we're being prepared for this, God is constantly downloading little nuggets of purpose so we can realize, okay, make this move. Take that step. Embrace that. Oh, I know you didn't think you need that, but you do. Just, just work that out right here. No, no, no. We're going to get to where we're going, but I need you to embrace that right here. Oh, no, no. Take that job. I know it don't look like nothing to do with purpose, but it's sure going to build your character. May teach you how to schedule something for a change. Because the, the more you freelance, the less I can use you. Because you all over the place. And I, why do you keep coming up with these justifications and these excuses? I consider the whole, is this covering everything? Or just what's, what's important to you? So, what, so a child resurrects to something and says, hey, I'm not doing this, but look, I'm doing this. Focus on this. Focus on this. Don't look at the whole picture. Just look at this. Right? The mature see beyond that. Right? All right. So we have to believe in God's vision and purpose. Now, the interesting thing is without vision, my people perish. So their spirits and souls atrophy. Right? Without vision, my people perish. 
Right? So if I'm not playing off of what God has purposed me to do, I can atrophy. Now, now it's so interesting how, once again, you know, so, so I was using Zamane, so, so he's 12, right? 11, 12, 12 next week, right? We might as well say 12. You act like you're 40 sometimes. All right, so, <laughs> so, 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 but, 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 so as he's been growing, so me, me and Zamane have a good relationship. Now, sometimes it's challenging because I be busting them out. You know, like, like his little games he be playing. Because I used to play these games. So I'm like, you finish, right? And so, so it irritates him. You know, he'll get in the car, <sighs> uh, you know, and try to create divide and conquer. So he might get in the car and tell his mom, "We're not doing what Pastor Keith is saying, are we?" <laughs> well, he might. He's gonna do that because he's like, this dude don't bust me out. So if you believe him, then. I can't get away with what I'm getting away with. So I need you to not believe him, and then I still got an angle in. Again, y'all still think I'm talking about Zaman. But that's how the adversary works. That's how the Jezebel spirit works. I have to discredit the authority so I can keep working my, my, my manipulation. Right? Now, when you're young and you you 11 going on 12, there's a grace for that. Ain't a whole lot of 11 going on 12 people in this room right now now, right? Now, so how does it look in our age? Because now we older, right? We, we, got, we, 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 we work it a little different. So now we take things that God didn't tell us to do and we convert them into obedience. You know what I'm saying? Like you do something, then you go, yeah, Lord blessing me over here. Wait, 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 wait. You did that. You know, it's almost like God secures the loan for you for the house. And you said, man, Lord, blessing me. Uh, no, you had good credit. <laughs> now, if your credit's jacked up and you get that house, God probably has something to do with that. <laughs> right? But do you think God needs you to get a house on credit? He can, he can pay for the house. But you know, but but we want to be on the blessing train. So we, you know, we Lord, man, Lord, blessing me. Look, we'll have opportunities. They ain't manifested in nothing, and we'll call those blessings. Yeah, Lord, blessing me, man. You know, I got this opportunity, that opportunity, that opportunity. You notice those opportunities didn't plan out, and ain't nobody said nothing. See, once again, we 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 operating like we younger. We playing games, right? Because we don't want to grow up. We don't want to face, God didn't tell me to do this. How about this? He messes up. You've seen him mess up before and try to make it, fix it like it really wasn't a mess up. You ever seen that? So, nah, see, I didn't really, really, really mess up and blow the opportunity. What happened was, if they didn't do, well, you know, remember, you said you promised me. Now it's on you. You caused it. Right? Y'all still think I'm talking about something? See, this is what we do. Like, we, 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 like, we twisting it and turning it. It's childish. Right? All right, so stay with me. All right? Because without vision, my people perish, right? 
And so, so Pastor Mel was talking about us playing off of God's word this morning. She said, that's our authority, right? And so then she said something else. She said, like, so if we are looking for signs, like Gideon, she said, then we become the authority. Because basically what we're saying, uh, nah, you're going to have to give me something else. Um, so, so because I have to decide. I'm a steward over my obedience. And I'm, I'm, I'm my, my obedience, I decide to use it if everything is lined up right. So, God, you give me the right signs, and I will let you use my obedience. Nah, 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 that ain't doing it. That ain't doing it. Give me another sign. Ah, I don't know if that actually came for you or not. Did that really come from you? It could be a trick. Now, you have to do better than that. Hold on now, now, now. Do you want me to be obedient or not? Let's, let's go, let's go. Step it up, step it up. Give me some signs. Now, I said that funny and sarcastic, right? That's how we rolling, now. As opposed to what Pastor Mal said. God tells us we do it. Because the word is our authority. We're not the authority, right? You got me there? I know I messed up some of y'all signs, but... The Bible says Jews require a sign to, to preach. The, uh, Jews require a sign. Let me see. The Greeks study hard to be wise, but we preach Christ crucified. See, it says the Jews are like, show me a sign, show me a sign, show me a sign. The Greeks is like, I need to understand it with my intellect. <laughs> but we preach Christ crucified. That was enough of a sign for us. <laughs> what Christ did. That's enough for me to be obedient to whatever God says to do, right? Because my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I glorify God in my spirit and in my body, 1 Corinthians 6.20, right? All right, so let's get into the message now. <laughs> All right, so we talked about how vision and without vision, uh, my people perish or my spirit and soul atrophies. Now, to atrophy is to waste away, uh, you know, I, I tell, tell a story every time I mention atrophy. I think about the first time I seen it in real life, and that was I broke my patella. And so the day I broke my patella, I'm in the hospital, you know, basically uh, four-fifths of my patella is on my thigh. And so I'm in the hospital. Uh, they put me to sleep. I wake up. I have a cast. So you go away. You come back some weeks later so they can look at it, you know. So, so some weeks later, I come back. They took the, you know, ripped the cast off. It wasn't a, the old school cast. It was one that you, you know, you could uh, strap in. Took the cast off. I looked at my leg. I said, whoa, well, first of all, I saw staples. I didn't know there was staples in there. <laughs> and then I looked at my leg. I said, what happened to my leg? It had atrophied. You know why? Because I wasn't using the muscles. So it kind of, it wasted away. Just let that sink in for a second, okay? Let that, see, cause so let's say if I'm hustling, right? One of the things I, I, I learned this year, so remember I told you I had surgery, so, I, so at first I wasn't wearing any braces because I wasn't used to it. Then somebody said, well, you know, you might want to wear a brace just for the support and stuff like that. So I've been wearing a, a knee brace for a long time. And I'm at the gym one day, guy's working out, and I'm always asking questions, trying to learn. I said, so I noticed you're, you, you're strong in here. He says, yeah, you know, what I do is this, this, that, and the other. 
And I said, well, you know, ever since I broke my patella and I started talking, he said, well, you know, if you baby it, you'll never get the strength you want. And so basically he was saying the brace is cheating your muscles from fully getting the resistance it needs to be strong because something is interfering. I'm, the muscles are starting to depend on the brace. So I don't even wear a brace no more. You can't, you worked out with me, I had no brace. I don't wear a brace. I'm stronger than I've ever been, but I don't wear a brace. Uh, I forgot I used to play in a brace. Why? Because now I can't be a dependent. Now, our braces is our manipulation. Our braces is our hustle. Our braces is playing the victim. Our braces is, it's amazing how we always got a story for not being obedient. That's a great story, too. And it's believable. Hey, some of your stories have been believable, but they wasn't the truth. Just me, just me and you keeping it real. Just for the day. I just need you to be honest for the day, okay? So, so yeah. But you, you know how, like, some of your stories, okay, let's just say some of them, okay? You don't have to tell all of them. I won't bust out all your stories. But some of them have sounded good, but you didn't want to get in trouble. So they were believable, but you knew it's a lie. Just me and you talking, okay? Nobody's here, nobody else is here. It's just me and you, you know what I mean? That's we buddies. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Okay, he said, yeah, but he had to say it you know, in a way where y'all don't, he don't get in the car and his mom said, now what stories were not true, <laughs> right? So he's trying to protect his, 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 uh, his cover. He's a secret agent in his own house. So <laughs> he's a spy. So, I, <laughs> you know, I love you, right? Oh my God. Right? So, 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 some of us been secret agents in our own house. <laughs> and we laughing at Zamey, right? You know, we're the adults. And so, when you do this, when you create these stories, you don't deal with the impact of the truth. Because you see, because you've depended, you lean to the deception, the lie, and the manipulation. So truth didn't hit you as hard as it would. So you didn't get the resistance to develop the faith muscle, the humility muscle. Because humble yourself on the side of God, he'll exalt you in due time. Humiliation leads to elevation. But you didn't fully embrace the humility because at that last second, you pulled out an excuse, a justification. You know how you do, like, last second, you was, you was handling pretty good, but then you kind of walked away with a little residue of justification, right? Right? See, because it's hard to grow up. Like, like there's times when, like, like where, you know, I've talked to Zamane. Zamane, he, he, okay. But then he'll walk away, and a little bit of that manipulation kick in, and then he'll start, well, wasn't really like that. Now, now, he gone. He done left me. <laughs> He had a chance to embrace the truth, embrace the humility, and change. See, I'm using Zaman because he has grace, right? You, you run out of grace because next week is no longer grace. It's your responsibility of all the choices you make. All right, but he got at least a week. <laughs> yeah, right. But what I'm saying is we way past 12 years old. Stop. Listen. We way past 12 years old. I'm 50. I'll be in August. I'll be 50 years past 12 years old. 
So what are we doing? Okay, all right. Y'all still here? All right, you haven't left. All right. Some some of us been found out as secret secret agents, spies in our own crib. All right. So so this atrophy, you you wasted away, or there was a show that went, that that was out, but it was, it was called Arrested Development. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I never watched it, but. <laughs> But the trip is, I, when I really, I was teaching on this one other time, and I said, man, I should have watched that show. You know, just the fact what the title is, you know, Arrested Development. Now, Arrested Development is your development stops prematurely. Think about Arrested, <laughs> held captive, <laughs> right? Your development uh, uh, stops prematurely. Guess what? It's an infantile fixation. So you said, so when I'm, so a fixation is I'm, I'm fixated. I'm so fixated I can't see nothing else, right? An infantile fixation is you're actually focusing on something that really you shouldn't be because it's distracting you from your momentum and your purpose. So, so, so when, you're, when you're, your development is arrested, you're not taking in all that you need to be developed, right? So it's an infantile fix, fixation. It's an a immature perception. See, I'm stuck in a perception. And, and so now it's de my development has now been arrested. So think about, I'm fighting to stay in that perception. You know, like, like, you're, like you're in a situation and you keep going through the same things. People try to give you a new perception, right? But you fight. Why? Because you don't want to embrace that truth or pride or I'm sticking to my guns. Until you have to what? Have your mattress flipped over or have water poured on your face to wake up. <laughs> Okay. All right. You still with me, right? Family. Good, good. So, so this, 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 uh, this arrested development is a, it's a, it's a regression. Uh, it's, it's, it's an abnormality. We should, you, God has designed us to constantly grow. You know, you, you hear certain things that stunt people's growth, Right? Now, some of it is parenting. We're going to talk about this on Friday, but some of it is parenting. Some of it has been our parents. But we, we handed down a legacy of arrested development because now we're not operating as proper parents. And again, y'all know I love you, and I've had to do this too. One of the things I learned about parenting, because I didn't have the best parenting, and, and so I wanted my child, who, could, who thank you, Holy Spirit, you want your child to have what you didn't have, right? Right? You also want them to have some of the things you did have. So some parents, they become who they are by what they went through. And they cheat the child from going through any experience. They think doing best for their child is just making everything comfortable. Well, you don't understand you're cheating them when comfort, uncomfortable comes. Like, we're talking to people. We're talking to people all over the world. 
that are struggling when it gets uncomfortable. Because no one was prepared for it. I remember the first time my son hurt his ankle. When he first hurt his ankle, I looked at that boy, he looked like he was about to die. If you're watching this, you'll remember. And, but I was able to go, and this is what I did. I did this with players. And I whispered in his ear, it's going to hurt for a while. But the pain's going to go away. I ain't saying, hey, you going to be up. Boy, get up. I ain't even do all that. I knew it was his first experience. You know why I didn't do that? Because my first experience, I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> I had never felt pain like that before in my life. Like it didn't seem like it was ever going away either. When I first, the first time I twisted my ankle, but after about 30 or 40 times of doing it, I knew the process. Ah, it's going to hurt a little while. It'll go away. I'm going to start exercise. I started exercising my ankle that day. But I didn't do that the first time. The first time, like, don't, stay, don't, stay away. Don't touch it. You know, like, what? what? It's broke. It's, that's what I would do. It's broke. I broke it. Right? Because it's, it was different for me. Well, some of us are operating that, like that in our lives. Yeah. We operating as if we're broke. It's just a little strange. It's going to hurt for a while, and then it'll go away. When you start to rehab and exercise that same thing you're going through, you're going to come back stronger. But if you baby it, you're going to keep straining it over and over and over again. My wife said, till you break it. I didn't say that. Pastor Mel said that. So if that happens, blame her. So Pastor Mel also talked about this week, uh, Bible Study Fellowship. Uh, she highlighted, uh, you know, we were talking about that. Uh, she, was t- she highlighted a wall or a barrier that we need to break through. Sometimes we're not willing to go beyond. Because remember, we were talking about jail's strength, right? And so she said, man, you know, she said, what it made me think about, she said, is we have this wall or barrier that we haven't been able to get beyond. See, our strength is not, you know, how, because I, I watch, some of y'all tough, looking. <laughs> and, then, and then there's some people that are, are tough, talking. But, but, but toughness is an inner strength. It's something in our inner man. It's doing, it's, it's going beyond that, that, that uncomfortability on the inside. The Bible says be strengthened with might in the inner man. So the person that's snapping on everybody, that person ain't tough. That's a weakness. That's an immaturity. That was your child. You call him tripping. Person that's, has an attitude, well, you know, the purpose of that, you know they have scarecrows for a reason, right? <laughs> it just came to me. I never had this. It's not my notes. It just came to me out of nowhere. But you know what the purpose of a scarecrow is, right? If, if, you, if you've never heard of a scarecrow, what would you think it's for? Scare the crows, right? <laughs> Some of y'all walk around like scarecrows. <laughs> but you're scaring the help. You're scaring the truth. You're scaring the strength away. 
All right. Blame Pastor Mel for that because she's the one that brought it up. I just, you know, just, you know, just a steward over the information. <laughs> so anybody feel a little bit bothered or convicted today, yeah, I know who to blame. I have nothing to do with it. I'm innocent. All right, so 2 Corinthians 12. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians 12, okay? Again, we're talking about uh, the topic is I don't want to grow up, but really we do want to grow up, right? We want to get past some of these little things that's been stunning our growth, right? Right? Stunning our growth, right? All right, because we don't want to have, we don't want to be spiritually living in arrested development, do we? I think about my sorry behind when I was young playing basketball uh, and, 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 and how much uh, I really, really beat myself down back then when I, in the early years. But realistically, I have a brother or father taking me to camps. And I never went to a camp in my life. I played with a whole lot of people that went to a lot of camps. <laughs> I, like I said, I just learned from them. I just had to, I just really wanted to learn. I'm like that now. I really want to learn, right? And so even though it seems like I, I forfeited something, I actually gained something. The ability to learn, find out what I don't know, embrace the truth. Oh, I got embarrassed. I don't heard all my little roach killer stories and everything. So what's going to embarrass me now? Like, I'm a grown man. Like, I'm not getting the spanking. Like, I mean, if somebody talks about me, who is the person talking about me? Is it God? Because this is the only person I'm really worried about right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I can move forward in my life and operate in the maturity. We're not a child. We don't deal with peer pressure, right? All right, so, so 2 Corinthians 12. Uh, now, this is so interesting because uh, the mature person would recognize this key piece, okay? Verse 7. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, I'm going to stop there at verse 7 because this is our measure for when things are going well. See, see, you're in the tutors and governors to the point in time of the father, so yes, you're being tutored when you don't know. So I don't want you out there because you don't know what you're doing, right? But then you're being tutored when you find out, when you start to know stuff, I got to see how you're handling it because will they see me or you? Then there's certain things I still need you to do at every level. I'm going to see if your consistency and your diligence changes when I give you stuff. Because what I'm giving you is, like, what I've given you so far is nothing compared to what I want you to have. When I say nothing, it's like a mere grain of sand for the things I want to pour in your life. But you walking around bloviating or props or walking around with a level of swag and confidence because what? Because I afforded you a little bit of stuff. I just want to see how you was going to handle it. Give you a little position. Just want to see how you handle it. Freed up some opportunities for you. Just want to see how you was going to handle it. Would you be consistent? See, I took you through the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, so you would see what's in your heart to see whether you would keep my commandments or not. 
Why has your consistency changed? Because you have opportunity. Okay. All right, so you got that, right? Let's have you be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. Paul getting all types of insight, wisdom. He was a fool, but he, he knows stuff now, right? He says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Some of us ain't even got to three times, right? Right? But he says, you know, I, I, I asked God, come on, Lord, give me a break here. And he said unto me, oh, baby. Nope, didn't say that. He said unto me, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. He said unto me, I can't believe they playing you like that. Not my baby. That's not what he said. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Let it break you. Let it break out what's in you that's going to stop you from fulfillment. Right? Let's grow up now. You can, we can't keep holding on to that childishness. So most gladly, therefore, once he got what God said, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How many of us are glorying our infirmities or playing the victim? Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see that? That's a picture of maturity. So, because what I do is I present myself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service, which means the least I can do is present myself as a living sacrifice. It's because I'm mature now, right? Right? I'm humbling myself in the, in, in the sight of God, and he'll, he's exalting me in due time because I'm mature. See, when I'm immature, I'm not going to sit around and wait for God to exalt me out of my humility. I'm going to push my way out of my humility. I'm going to hustle my way out of my humility. I'm going to save face out of my humility. I won't just sit back and let God resurrect me from there. I'll resurrect myself. Right? You see the difference? And this is the reality. Nothing is going to change until we change. Till we grow up. So we can complain. Your kids complain all the time. That don't change. They ain't getting an A in the class because they complain. They get an A in the class when they decide to get focused and do the work. And if you're their teacher and you decide to give them an A, that's cute. But you better be their teacher for the rest of their life. And even if you're their teacher all through their school years, you better be their teacher for life, which you can't be because that's God, right? God ain't just giving out A's because he like you, right? So like children who, has, who have to be shaken to, to wake up out of bed, we seem to have to be shaken to wake up out of immaturity, Right? And, you know, I shared this the other week. We have to realize that change is inevitable for, for us growing up. The only thing that's not subject to change is God. The scripture says he changes not. Not us. We're subject to change. The scripture says don't look at the things you see. Look at the things you can't see. Uh, things that you see are, are 
temporal, the things that you can't see are eternal. Things that you see are subject to change. That's why after we present ourselves as living sacrifice, only acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service, the scriptures be not conformed to this world. So he's telling the child, don't conform, which is what children do, right? All of us that's gotten in trouble. Now we all on an equal playing field, right? Because we all have been in trouble, right? Some of us this week. But all of us gotten in trouble is because of some level of conformity. We're playing off of something either we've been exposed to in the world, something the world is doing, something, well, maybe, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I should do what they're doing. Seems like it's working for them. It's not, you don't get in trouble with obedience. You get in trouble with conformity. Right? So you get, you know, you get tempted to, you know, you say to yourself, well, it looks like they're, they're enjoying themselves. Even so, even though the Bible says, don't be tripping because the wicked prosper. It seems like they're prospering in a way. I just had a conversation with somebody in uh, Florida, and we were just talking about, well, they was watching the message, I think, last week. And we were just talking about just the reality of the empty life some people live. Now, they're not trying to be empty. They were told this was going to lead to success. Now, you understand, you got two different types of uh, depression sometimes. You got the one that's depressed that's climbing a mountain, and they think, once I get to the top, it'll be all good. Right? And the, the carrot says what? Just keep on climbing. Once you get to that top of that mountain, you're going to have everything you need. Bliss, happiness. Right? Then you got the person that's already climbed to the top of the mountain. We look at them as, man, I wish I was them. When the whole time they're going, they, 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 they really want to call back and go, hey, it ain't what you think it's going to be. Not without God. They want to call back and say, whoa, 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 whatever you do, don't skip no God steps because you're going to come up here and ain't going to be nothing to do. You're going to have everything you thought you needed. Now what? You're going to have, have gone every place you thought you wanted to go. Now what? Empty. See, I'm not the person in despair climbing the mountain. And I'm definitely not going to be the person when I get to whatever top of the mountain in this place. You know why? Because every step of the way I got God. Like, I have plenty to do. Like, it's like I never run out of what to do. Because I'm always discovering something in God and in the kingdom. But when I'm just doing kingdom stuff as a checkoff, like, well, I read this week. Look at me. I read the whole week. I'm not reading to say I read the whole week. I'm reading to get something that's going to draw. I'm trying to dig till I get closer to God. Where am I in the presence of God, in the peace of God, in the purpose of God, in the power of God? Where am I at with that? So that's my measure, not the accomplishment of the routine, the depth of the relationship. There's a difference. And so because the depth of the relationship is more important than the confidence or the presentation of the routine. Text me that. Right? Right? So that, that, now I'm good. Because now with every level I go, I take the depth of the relationship with me. 
whatever stage I'm at, whatever I have. Because I'm like, hey, what are we doing at this stage? Oh, no, that gave you more resources. We're going to go over here and do this. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to be a blessing over here. Oh, yeah, we're going like, to. Listen, my dreams are kind of different. I drive by my neighborhood and see somebody's uh, uh, pillar rotten, and I'd be like, see, see, that's something I would want to do. I drive by blocks and be thinking about, oh, I can just fix up everybody's house on this block. That's what I'm thinking about. I ain't thinking about shining. I, oh, I like stuff. I like stuff that, that look good. I just don't like too much. But I don't, I don't have no problem with having stuff. But I think about how I can really impact life. We, we do it now behind the scenes. Like, we be doing all types of stuff. But it ain't about, like, look at what I did. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's maturity. When we was immature, that we was, I was counting my suits. Uh, some of y'all remember that back in Ohio. It's counting my suits. How many suits you got? You know, I think I'm at like 50 now. Whatever. Just counting suits. I'm not counting suits. I don't know how many suits I have. I have suits. Like I, I wore a suit Sunday. I had that suit for a long time. I forgot to alter it. I have another suit. I have more. I be having suits forever. Like, they just be sitting around. You know, it's a blessing. It could be you know, a birthday, whatever. I have it just be sitting around. I wasn't like that back in the day. Soon as I, soon as the last stitch was finished, that suit was going to be worn. Right? Before the money hit the, the, the tape, like, soon as it was cashed, by the time it can lay down on the table, it was spent. We don't even know how. Like, we're like cool, we're going to go. We, we're dead anyway. Well, we, well uh, I remember the first time we went to Disney after you spend two hours talking to those people to get some type of uh, vacation. It was three days, right, or whatever. Like, you, you, you come back, you ain't got no money? It's like as soon as the, 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 the money dropped, it would be gone. But that's because... Our significance is not the relationship. It's all the other stuff. See, our significance is the relationship. So, all the other stuff is a bonus. It's out of the relationship. So, my wife gets stuff for me out of the relationship. She don't beg. She don't do cartwheels. She don't complain. Well, you ain't bought me nothing. I don't get none of that. Just out of the relationship. That's what God wants to do. Just out of the relationship. So some people come to me, you don't need that. I say, I don't really know if I need it or not. For whatever reason, God loved me. He wanted me to have it. So you, you might be right. I don't need it. And if it's, if it's exceedingly abundantly above all I need or whatever, then that's something I can give to somebody else. But, but I, I'm going to receive it because God loves me. Everything I do is not based on what I need. It's just for the record, because I'm, I'm going to do some things that God's going to allow me to do. And it won't be because I need it. It'll be out of the relationship. All right, good, good, good. All right, we, we're here. All right, so have you noticed uh, how sometimes we don't change when things change or we don't want to change? You know, something changed on the job. 
you know, we're growing in the church. Things may change in the church. Things change in your house. Things change in your marriage. But sometimes we don't want to change when things are changed. It's like we'll hold on to the same routine, but everything around us has changed. This is, we, we deal with this with a lot of times when ministering to new couples because in their mind they had this picture that somebody gave them of how to be married. So you're married, you get the new house, you had a child, and you get the new job, and you, you have a new location all at once. You know, that's the perfect storm. It's just it's so much at one time. But guess what? Some cases, some people are just fresh out of their house. They ain't even been responsible for nothing. Somebody else been covering that stuff. And now you go into this new where, uh, you know, as soon, soon as you get the bill, you're like, what's this? It's what it costs. That's what it is. You know, but you're looking at it like, man, this is a messed up my good mood. Why? It's a cost for it. We do that now. Man, it was just a bad day, man, bad day. All these bills come up. Oh, no, those bills didn't come up. They was already there. And if you was paying attention to what you did, you would be looking for them and ahead of them. But when you, when, you, when you plan, every bill, every challenge, every, uh, Ma, we got to do this. What? Leave me alone. No, because you plan. And everything is an interruption when you plan. Well, we got a, a Bible study. Man, ain't nobody trying to go to Bible study. I see you on Sunday, bro. And I might come from praise and worship. Something is going on with us when we have to grow up and we don't want to. Responsibility, ability to respond properly, right? What's happening is the, our, what's happening when we don't want to grow up is our old man fighting not to grow into God's new man, right? It's the old man fighting not to grow into God's new man. What the scripture says, if any man what? Be in Christ, he's what? Behold. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, right? Second Corinthians 5.17, right? And so, I figured you guys knew that. So, I do that on purpose. So, the more we talk about it, it becomes in our heart, right? You just don't want us to. I think that scripture's in the Bible somewhere. Okay. Full service church. So Romans 6. Let's go to Romans 6. Romans 6, and we're going to lock in here on verse 6. Romans 6, verse 6. All right. Uh, I'll speed this up a little bit for the sake of time. It says, know this, that our, our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So this old man is crucified with him. Let's go here to Ephesians 4. All right, so, so again, if I'm really accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and I'm buried with him, that old man is what's buried too, right? If any man be in Christ, inside Christ, buried in Christ, right? All right, so Ephesians 4, we'll lock here, verse 22. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation or that word conversation in the Greek means manner of living. So uh, that you put off the former manner of living uh, 
It says the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. So that old man, that old nature, that child is corrupt according to deceitful or deceptive lust. Lust that look like they're going to benefit you, but it's stealing something from you, right? It's almost like drinking a, a beer on a hot day, right? It looks cold and wet, tastes wet and cold, but it's dehydrating you, right? So that's a deceitful lust, right? So a lot of times on the front end, you, you get uh, a moment of pleasure, but a lot of times you get a lifetime of headache and pain uh, and sometimes disease and all types of stuff, right? Right, you see that? All right, <laughs> verse 23. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And we know that is our default, our subconscious, right? It says, now in verse 24, that you... That, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Then it goes on to say, put away lying, speak, speaking, and speak the truth, right? All right, so, so, so again, when we don't want to change, that's the old man fighting against evolving into the new man, fighting against the shift and the change. Starts when you're real young, you know, like that, that, that the, the little boy, don't want to evolve into the man, you know, just so now again, once again, there's grace for 11, but how it looks in our life, we don't want the responsibility. We should, hey, hey, you ever been in a relationship or seen people in a relationship that you love and it's easy for them to quit the relationship? And we're talking way before it becomes crazy. You know, or somebody compromises and does whatever, right? You know why that happens? They don't want to grow up. And then the adversary says, look, if you leave now, you ain't got to be responsible no more. <laughs> and then little boy says, cool. I never wanted to be responsible anyway. <laughs> little girl says, cool. I, you know, some, I, I can go back and be a dependent. Somebody else can take on all these responsibilities. You got that, right? <laughs> See, we resist change because we, because of fear. That fear is embedded in our flesh, right? That child is afraid. Am I going to blow it? Am I going to mess up? How is it going to look when everybody's watching me now? If I commit, they're going to expect me to be there. Exactly. I, you're exactly right. If I commit, they're going to expect me to be there all the time. Exactly. That's what growing up is. You, ex you don't realize it. Even when you're irresponsible, you expect people to be there for you all the time. Even when you don't do things, like let's say if you, you come to church and you don't do stuff, you're expecting somebody to do it all the time. How about joining the team? Right, so, so, so this, this fear embedded in our flesh is messing us up. Romans 12, 21 says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome that child, that old man's resistance to grow 
by making it do something responsible. Mr. Lamar was talking the other day. He was like, I was just trying to prime the pump. How about priming the pump of growing up by taking responsibility? Okay, so, so, so I was a, uh, most of my life, all the way to college, I never committed to anything. Don't know where I got it from, probably immaturity. But I never committed to anything. You couldn't get me to say yes to nothing. You could get me to process. I'll probably give you a, um, I might. I'll let you know. And I, and I was confident. I was like, yeah, can't nobody say, say, can't nobody say I'm not man of my word. Because I didn't tell you I was going to do it, did I? Did you hear me say I was going to do it, do it? What did you actually hear me say? Well, you said, I know you, I know what I said. I told you I might. That ain't me. I was going to do it. Now, the first time I ever committed anything, some of y'all have heard this story before, was when I pledged a fraternity. I have no idea why I did that. I mean, meaning the first thing I committed to. I, and, and, and because of what I, I experienced, I regretted it. But it started something, something called commitment. The pump was primed. So now instead of I might try out for the team, I actually went to the trial. And then once I started it, because I, they, I, I, tricked, I, I, I gave them the, ooh, I, I, I was fronting so much, they believed me. And I was fronting like I didn't care. So the, the coaches actually believe I didn't care. They thought I was a head case. What's wrong with this kid? He's a walk-on. He's not a recruit. Why is he saying these things? But I was fronting. Like, you know, your default, you front come out. And they believe me. <laughs> so then they, they, they I'm going to call it, they, what we call blackball. So blackball is like, this kid ain't never playing for this school. He's a head case. But I was fronting. I had mastered the front to a point when, when I needed something, people believed the excuse, the hustle. He doesn't want this. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Where, where, where do I sign up? But I, but I hadn't learned how to, to be vulnerable, how to say, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, whatever that guy told you, don't listen to him. Right? So, but once I started committing, I said, oh, no, I ain't giving up like that. Whatever y'all think about me ain't enough because I operate like Gideon. I'm not playing. Y'all ain't think about me playing, and y'all think I'm a head case. So the only way I'm going to show you I'm not is I'm going to do what you don't expect. I'm going to do the humility thing. So I'm actually going to go through whatever y'all throw at me. They changed the rules for how do you make a team. Instead of a two-day tryout, it was a week for me. Only me. Every day waiting for me to mess up. So I can't mess up, and I got to be humble enough. You know what they was waiting for me to do? Do what I've been doing. Oh, y'all got this twisted. Everybody else got two days. Why we keep saying wait another day? So I ain't nobody playing those games. Forget y'all. That's what they was waiting on. But no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in now. I'm not a child. Bring it. I'm going to show y'all that dude, that, that, that childish, deceiving fool is a lie. And I actually made the team. Against 
all resistance. And that started a pattern to be responsible. My first job, I was irresponsible. I'm signing hours. I ain't even working. Yeah, because, you know, you had timesheets back then. I was just like, well, you know, I was watching the movies just like working. Put that in there. Until I almost lost my job after six months. So now it's the defining point. Am I going to be? And, and I don't talk like this now. It's BC days. But I, I guess I could say it's not bad at work. I cursed that guy out. And I was wrong. And I heard something in the middle of the conversation. An ultimatum. People didn't give me ultimatums for years. I couldn't hear them. Because I didn't care. I heard the ultimatum, and I was like, you know, dude, you're going to have to decide, are you going to spin out of control again? Or are you going to change? That day, I decided to change, to operate in integrity, to be on time, to be consistent in my job. What, 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 what are the rules here? I started going to training. I didn't even know if it was important. Training, I'll be there. If there's any training. I didn't know I was being certified. I was going to eventually be certified as a crisis intervention trainer. That wasn't even my goal. My goal was to be responsible. If they offer it, I'm doing it. I'm single. What else do I have to do? I just kept moving up the ladder until they just gave me promotions. They just gave it to me. Man, let's get this guy. And from that point, everywhere I went, after 90 days, people kept giving me promotions and raises. You know why? Because now my default is what? Responsible, diligent, consistent. If nobody's showing up, Keith will. I'm not, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of work but I live to chill. And anytime work comes, oh, hey, we got to go to work. Oh, we got to do this. How about investing in somebody's vision? You want somebody to invest in your vision? You want a bunch of people working for you that's just waiting to chill. Oh, just, just do the bare minimum so we get out of here. Constantly looking at the clock. Fifteen seconds gone by. Okay, okay. We're going to be out of here. We're going to be out of here. Eight hours will show up on that clock eventually. Don't watch time. Let time watch you. Like, what are we doing? We say we, I got these big dreams. God showed me in this vision. You know, I'm going to have this ministry, this type of business, this all this involves people. And all, right now, the, same, the, the people you're going to get are a bunch of children. You ain't going to be able to do nothing because you have a bunch of people that roll just like you. I ain't saying no particular names. Did I? I'm just talking about the people that roll like that. You know, some of y'all are solid, diligent, disciplined people. Right? But you read what you sow. Why 
right? You sow diligence, you reap diligence. You sow so maturity, you reap maturity. You run around expecting people to be mature around you and you're immature. What did you say just earlier, sweetheart? That's an oxymoron, right? You need to grow up. <laughs> and the person looking at you like, that is a good request, but where did you get the revelation from? <laughs> like it would be received better if you were mature. <laughs> you know, some of our kids look at us like that, right? You know, I'm tired of messing around with you. You need to grow up and be more responsible. And the kid was like mad until you opened your mouth and said that and then looking at it like, what do you know about responsibility and maturity? Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Yeah, like, like, let, let's, let's, let's get it together here. All right, let's, uh, I'll give you these last two points and we're done, okay? Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.4, you can write that down for yourself. Um, but it's a, this, this is a big difference between mature and immature. Uh, so it says, he that studies the wind shall not sow, like, or move or give to anything, looking for favorable conditions. That's, that's what kids do. You know, when we're maturing God, we're walking by faith and not by sight. We're not just waiting. There is no such thing as, like, perfect conditions. There is such a such thing as perfect timing. Right? Uh, the message says this, uh, get on with your life. <laughs> when, it, when it says, he that studies the wind shall not so it says, man, just get on with your life. Right? Amplified says, waits for favorable conditions. E even though we may travel different directions, most of us all experience the same uneasiness with change. Right? It's an uneasiness for all of us. You know, uh, you know uh, remember Pastor Dent, before he started pastoring, you know, he was sitting down with us asking questions. He says, what do you do with the uncertainty? That's where the faith kicks in. That's when the obedience kicks in. We all deal with uncertainty. Every move we make, you know, uh, the, the, the next level for church, uh, the, the people that's, that's going to be ordained, uh, the people that's going to work for the church, the people that's going to uh, uh, plant and do different things, all those things have a level of uncertainty to it. But we can't be intimidate, intimidated by that. We can only do the next best step from here. Having expectations and people... Like, there's a whole types of people I thought would be, like, super pillars in this house. And they may eventually be pillars in this house, but by now I thought they'd be running and leading all types of stuff. Lord knows they've had the time to do it. But, again, you can't force people to grow up. And, and a lot of those different opportunities are still waiting for people. But what, what you going to do? You, we have to embrace the uncertainty, make the adjustments, move from here. All right, well, select this person. This person, this person, now it, it, it sets off a domino effect. When people are supposed to be doing things they don't, now we got to get somebody to do it that, that can do it, but it's not their actual purpose or, or genuine fit. So now they're hovering around doing something that they're willing to do, but eventually it's going to stretch, it's going to burn them out. Because they're, they're doing it for a season, and they might be doing it for a reason, but they ain't doing it forever, and it's not their fit. 
And so now you keep pulling people and doing different things. And then it's unfair to them because they're willing to help. And then they get criticized from the Gideons that's supposed to be doing it. And they're looking at them because they were willing to be up on, to, to deal with their accountability responsibility. Like, well, I think you should do it this way because the Gideon is actually supposed to be doing it. Well, I just think you should do this. But they're, they're speaking from a place of, of criticism as opposed to offering help and nourishment. So it's hard to receive because you're out of position. Right? And so it just sets off a whole confusing and, and affects the momentum. Whenever everybody just get in their rightful place, all creation is, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. That's why we have to grow up. And guess what? I used to tell players this all the time. Don't rush out of a mistake. So, if you, so, so let's say they drop the ball. Drop the ball, just pick it up. First thing you need to do is pick it up, right? Don't be picking up. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to throw it where it should have been. Nope. Doesn't go there now. That person is no longer in that position. Now you got to pick it up, reassess where to place it now. So this is what we have to do with some of us. We've dropped the ball in some areas. It's okay. Pick up the ball again. Listen to God. Listen to your leaders and find out how to place that ball again. All right? So, so, so uh, we'll get into a little more of this next week. Uh, but, you know, as I was thinking through this, you know, it's interesting as, as I use Zamane, but Zamane's uh, uh, in my notes. Yeah, I got you in my notes. As an example, <laughs> as an example, so glad you showed up to be a prop, not a prop, I don't want to call him a prop, that's not nice, but to be a live example, Right? Um, because I, now I was looking at when I was thinking through this and, and, and our being uncomfortable with change, I was just thinking about how, uh, here, you know, you got a, a smart mind over there, but it's been challenging to grow up, you know, not cause he's evil, cause he's 11. Everybody at his age goes through this particular period. Now people handle it different, different ways because he has a, a, a good mind he can mess it up a little more. He could figure out ways out of it and create diversions and distractions maybe better than some. Um, but we all go through it. Some of us are going through it right now that we're being stressed and challenged to grow up. So I was thinking about him and, and I told you, I, I remember my, my nephew actually told me, he was like, why do I got to grow up? And I was just thinking about a lot of us and how we do that. And I, uh, I, respectfully, I have a person close to me, um, she's passed away. But I, but I could see it in her, like she had went through some things and she just shut down. And every time she was challenged to change, she would fight. And when I talk about fight, she would go for the juggler because she didn't want to grow beyond that stage. She had figured out a way to handle her traumas to check out on all responsibility. I'm going to go into my own world. I'm not accountable, I'm not responsible. I have to keep up with nobody. Nobody has any expectations. I'm done. And, you know, then I come back in her life, you know, and her, her baby child, and I'm a truth guy, so I'm going to ask questions. I'm gonna, and, you know, sometimes it was irritable, you know, but not irritable because 
anything I was doing evil or a person's evil was just like when you get to a certain age, it hurts even more to grow up. They call it growing pains. You know, it's more painful the longer you stay stuck in arrested development. Because now, like, like, so when my uh, leg had atrophy, I had to go through therapy. Now, something as simple as bending my knee like I do now, I couldn't do that. It was painful. Like, it was just, just to pull my knee back because it had been stuck in that same position for weeks on end. And, and then, you know, even when I first started back playing, the guys would come up to me and says, ah, you back. He says, but we could tell uh, you still favoring that knee. I said, what are you talking about? I didn't feel like I was favoring nothing, but they remember and they could see probably before I explode, I was mindful of if my knee going to explode, right? So I had to go through a period of time where I can not play off of what happened before and move ahead, right? All right, so that's all for today. Uh, any thoughts, wisdom, insights, questions?